Tony, before we get going here, I feel like we should talk about something. You know what? Let me take a page out of one of your favorite wrestlers books. If I can be serious for a moment, I'd like to talk about savecade.com, which actually isn't all that serious at all. Tony over at savecade.com. That's S A V E C A D E like Starcade, except with save in front. You can go ahead and buy a house with no money down. That's right. Get out of that old cramped apartment and get into a brand new house and do it for your family with my family. First family mortgage. We make it fast and easy over at savecade.com. Isn't that right, Tony? A lot of things, a lot of benefits by going to savecade.com, Conrad. Reduce your monthly payments. You can skip your next two house payments. Get a greater tax deduction. You can consolidate your debt. It's all part of savecade.com. And this is the place to go. And if nothing else, you go to savecade.com, you get to see Tony Schiavone in full fat mode. Yeah. I guess we should mention that Tony Schiavone is singing opera right now over at savecade.com. He'll do whatever it takes to save you some money. Check it out right now. Savecade.com, whether you're a renter and looking to get out of that apartment and into a new house, or maybe you'd like to get out of some debt, some credit card debt, some car loans, a second mortgage. Or maybe worst of all, if you're in a 30 year loan, what are you doing? Get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments and make it happen right now at savecade.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Tony, it's finally happening. We're going to the home of Jim Crockett Promotions, Flair Country, if you will. And it's happening on November 11th. You and I are going to be at the Comedy Zone right there in Charlotte, my home away from home. And I know it was yours for a long, long time. How excited are you to be doing a little wrestling business back in Charlotte again after all these years? Well, you know, Charlotte was our home. It's where all the Shivani kids were born. And Charlotte has changed immensely since I left Charlotte. I left Charlotte in 89 when I went to work for the WWE. But now we're coming back on November the 11th. Well, doors are open at 2.30, 3 o'clock. We are going to be at the Comedy Zone. The Comedy Zone is a, is a place where, you know, a lot of professional wrestlers, I know Mick Foley was there recently, and a lot of guys, they have them there. So we're going to bring our brand of professional wrestling and humor to the Comedy Zone, and I look forward to seeing a lot of my friends, maybe some of the friends that I've lost touch with, come on out, or maybe you're not my friend yet, but once you get one of these shows, you're going to walk away from the show saying, you know what? Now I'm a friend of Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. TomZink.com. That's T-O-M-Z-E-N-K.com. It's where you get your tickets. And Con- Conrad, I'm really looking forward to, to being able to, to do a live show with you again because we've had a, lot, a great time together doing this podcast. A tremendous time. We've got lots of fun stuff going on. It's a who's who of professional wrestling. They're wrestlers who live in Charlotte, and I'm working on getting us a very special guest right now, but we hope you will be our special guest. You can grab these tickets for just 35 bucks right now. You never know what's going to happen, but let me tell you, you want to be there for the very first stop on the what happened when world tour tickets on sale. Now just 35 bucks at tomzinc.com. That's November 11th, three o'clock. See you there.
Memphis Arcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, The Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Rocket Promotions. Only at first what they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow, Under Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinnie Mac, Simulcast, Tony's back with Conrad, Not Your Classy Podcast, Watch Along, Try Not To Laugh, Lois Rules, Cat Bass, This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Ziggs a good looking man, Quadrack Bill, Make a Chair, Tommy, come over here! Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? Tony Schiavone. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad, what's up, bud? How's everything on your end? Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Well, we don't need that, but we do need to take a look at a Thunder show. Now, I know what I know what everybody's saying, and probably you're saying too. What the fuck? Thunder? Why Thunder? Well, there's an important reason for this Thunder, and it's a, it's a very uh, memorable one. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know. I don't know why we're watching thunder. I was hoping you would tell me this is a thunder where uh, buff Bagwell broke his neck. Oh man. Why do we have to do this? Well, because it's that we have to, well, well, two reasons. Number one, it's kind of an important thunder because it's a memorable one. That's number one. And number two, I kind of ran out of shit to think about, talk about there. It is. There you go. So no, it, it is. And as much as everybody shits on thunder and I know I'm one of those, I, I get that. Uh, there were a lot of things that happened on this show that are memorable that, that are our listeners, uh, who are on Patreon and our listeners who listen to us on the MLW radio network have in their memory bank. They'll go back and go, yeah, man, I want to, I want to relive that moment because this became a real moment, uh, not like a, uh, not like a phony U, uh, UFC finish. This became a real moment. And so, uh, we're going to go back and look at that. So fire it up. WCW thunder it's thunder. Number 15 from April 22nd, 1998. Tony, get us this countdown going, bring her in, wake her up, knock her over. What's going on. Okay. Well, uh, bring her in, knock her over. Uh, I have to get her up first, uh, because she's, uh, she's on her phone. She's Facebook and her friends. And all right, come on over here, sweetie. Please give us a countdown. Three, two, one, play. You know what? And I know I'm going to end up just defending this entire show, and probably I shouldn't, but I liked this open, didn't you? Yep, this was cool. Yeah, it, it was It was very, very well done, very cool. There you see Macho Man, now you see Bret Hart, you see Big Sexy, you see all of our big-time stars that are making Thunder what it is, and of course it's in the Hollywood sign somewhat almost like the Hollywood Hulk Hogan font, if you will. And now it's time for WCW Thunder. I'm very interested to see exactly, as I always am, what I look like here. Uh, spoiler, you're going to look like a dickhead. <laughs> I had a feeling you would say something. Are you in like a surly mood? Is this, is this hey, I'm married, this is the way I'm going to be the rest of my life mood? Well, I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. 
You're trying to say that I, that I'm just a miserable prick. Is that, is that what you're trying to say? If the shoe fits. Okay. We're in Columbia, South Carolina. This is the old Carolina Coliseum. Uh, the, I'm not so sure it's still there. They may have torn it down. This is where the game. Would you check out that tie? I'm not talking about the guy on my left, Lee Marshall, Stagger Lee. I'm talking about, look at, look at my tie. Isn't that great? Stagger Lee looks like an extra from Goodfellas right here. Yes, he was. And Bobby Heenan looks like he's the host of uh, family feud. That's right. And you, you're here to talk to us about term life insurance. Yeah. You know what I just noticed now, now God bless both of them. They're both no longer with us. Uh, but stagger Lee is chair is higher than mine. And he killed, and and that's why he killed him. Oh, man. I, I really miss him. He was, he was one of the nicest men ever. He He really, really great. (laughs) Yes, he was. And he made a lot of money by being the voice of Tony, the tiger. And by, you know, this time he wasn't the voice of Tony, the tiger, but he would have become that a little bit later on. Well-deserved. So because Lee Marshall had one of the greatest voices ever. Now, let me say something about Lee here. My friend, my longtime close personal friend, Dave Melcher, uh, has said that he was the worst wrestling announcer ever. I'm going to dispute that. I don't think he was. I, I like Lee Marshall a lot. I liked his voice. He, he was over the top at sometimes, but my God, it was pro wrestling, right? I was over the top. Heenan was over the top at times. So I'm going to defend Lee here to say that he was not the worst wrestling announcer of all time, uh, and he was a damn good one. Okay, let's go down and let's pretend that that's accurate. If he wasn't the worst, who was? Well, I don't, I don't know. Let's think about this. Who would it have been the worst wrestling announcer of all time? Rich Bikini? <laughs> no, not Rich. What are you? Are you trying to start some shit? This, what is wrong with you? God, this, this you haven't been married a month yet, and hey, here comes Eric Bischoff, and here comes Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So we're going to start our show out with those two talking. That's always a grabber, as you can see. And of course, your favorite, uh, the booty man, uh, Ying Yang, uh, Zodiac, uh, and uh, Brutus, the barber beefcake right behind him. What do you think of this Hogan shirt? I always like that Hogan shirt. That's pretty freaking cool, man. That's, uh. That's almost like a, would be like a biker design. Am I wrong to say that or no, I don't know. I mean, it could go for that. I'll buy it. All right. There you go. So here we go. Great crowd. As you know, uh, and, uh, well, we are in the mood. We are in the mode now. We're April 22nd, 1998, uh, which kind of means that we are, uh, uh, we are still really hot as you can see by the signs. And, uh, this was, a uh, 98 was a very good year for us. And of course it declined shortly thereafter. Isn't it amazing. When I look at this April of 1998, normally I would be doing a baseball game at this time, but here I am doing wrestling in the month of April. So whoop, there you whoop. go. <laughs> yeah, baby. How about that? The big gold belt that now resides in the Conradison. The belt was looking good here, man. Yes, it was. Was this, uh, 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 chat me up here. Was this before or after the spray painting? After that happened in 96, we're in 98 here. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. And there I, there he is. I just like to say that. Thank God for Conrad Thompson. 
Thank God that I have a host with me who really knows how to do a podcast. I'd also say thank God for Court Bauer, but I don't know who in the fuck Court Bauer is. So I'll just go ahead and spray paint this belt once again because Conrad, in his smart-ass way, said it was 1996. I'm going to make sure everybody knows it's 1998. If you'll do the honors there, big, bad booty daddy. Uh, Seriously, this is the most notable thing that the disciple ever did in the NWO. What paint the belt at that moment right there. Yep. Okay. What else was it? What else did he do? I, I, I'm not so sure what else he did. As a reminder at the very first Sturgis event at the end of the show, he brought down a birthday cake to Hulk Hogan and he had the can of spray paint and they spray painted the belt and then they beat him up. Ah, and now, Hey, you're talking about, well, you know, you're talking about a guy here, Brutus, the barber beefcake who actually, uh, was on a main event for us against Hogan. Wasn't he And a starcade, right? In Nashville, right? One of the, uh, one of the premier events. I mean, he was headlining that. So you, you, well, I say you shouldn't should. Yeah. I just like to say this. I don't have a podcast with Conrad Thompson because yeah. Conrad Thompson does not have time to do a podcast with me. And the fact is I told Conrad, if you want to do a podcast with me, you first have to call Brutus, the barber beefcake and get his approval brother. Serious business. If I was going to do a podcast with Hogan, who should I drop? Well, you, you would drop Pritchard. Oh, okay. So just the most successful one scratch right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah because it, it, so we're charging you to take your least successful one, which is obviously me. <laughs> okay. And make it your most successful one. That is your assignment. Should you decide to accept it? So if I do a podcast with Hogan, yeah. shit can this one. That's what you're saying. Yeah, but apparently you would have to. And I mean, then just give him all our Patreon money. Of course, I'm sure he needs it. Well, by, tanning, by oil, way, tanning oil is expensive. Yeah. By the way, I do appreciate all the people with us on Patron, our Patreon. We were having such a great time doing the show and feeding you some more stuff. I, I did uh, put uh, on, I don't know if you recently saw on Twitter, uh, I put on uh, the picture of what happened when, um, comic book cover that was done by our buddy. Uh, I guess it's, uh, Eric Hodson. That's right. It was a uh, exclusive. If you did the, what happened when meet and greet, you got the big poster. It looks like a cool comic book. And, uh, I thought it was pretty fun, man. He did a great job with that. And what I was most excited about seeing though, is not that art again, because I've actually got some of those in the garage. But, uh, that you were tweeting again, welcome back. You've been tweeting it now for three or four weeks. Yeah. You know what? Here's the, here's the deal. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know Conrad, uh, really well, uh, he, uh, makes a living out of busting people's balls. Really? Yeah. This whole time and, I thought I was doing mortgages. Okay. No, no, that, okay. that's what, yeah, that that's your day job. James Bond. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you make a living out of busting people's balls and he busts my balls all the time, not only here, but also, uh, when, uh, we, we stop rolling tape or stop recording 
And it is a charge to me. It is my responsibility to be able to take what he tells me <laughs> and, pull out, and pull out shit from it that I know he is being serious about. And so Conrad said, uh, basically, let, let me uh, say how I heard it. I don't know how he said it. He, here's how I heard what he said. Hey, you dumb motherfucker. You need more followers. You need to promote your shit. You need to get out there and promote these live shows that we're doing. So you better get your fucking dumb ass back on Twitter because I got more followers than you do. And that's fucking stupid. And, and that's kind of, that's what I heard. I don't know how you said it. I mean, that was, that's near verbatim. Yeah. yeah. So we do have I got live shows. I mean, you know, you can see all about them when we're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, November 11th. And of course, December 16th in Nashville and tickets are on sale now at tomzink.com and lowkeybighog.com. But up until a month ago, you wouldn't have known if you were following Tony Schiavone that he was coming to your town because he didn't promote it. Right. Yeah. So, and I do believe that was my phrase. The idea that I have more followers than you is fucking stupid. You're yeah. the voice of our childhood and I'm an asshole with podcasts. Okay. I don't know if I can argue with, with any of that stuff. Yeah. I thought you'd co-sign asshole with podcasts. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, uh, I, I go into, I go into, uh, Spotify and I look under sports, I hit sports and I do some, uh, go down and, and I see top sports podcast and I see what happened. I mean, I see, uh, 83 weeks. I see, uh, Bruce Pritchard. And then if I, I, I even see mine, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, this is really one of the top podcasts, n not on the level of Bruce and Eric, but this is one of the top sports podcasts out there. So I, I better just get more involved socially with everything. Why do you feel and, like you have to compare everything to Bruce and Eric? I don't do that. Well, that's because they don't do mortgages. No. I, okay. I don't know what that means, but I'm just saying, I don't compare this show to that show. Why no, do you, no. why, do, why do you do that? Okay, uh, put it this way. You are Brian Snitker, the manager of the Atlanta Braves, all right? And your first three batters are Pritchard, Bischoff, and Shivani, one, two, and three in the order. Shivani batting third feels like he has to knock in more runs and has to pull up his, uh, pull up his end of the bargain, so to speak. Uh, and so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, you would be my leadoff hitter. Okay. Boy, look, you know, we, let me say something here. Oh yeah. We are 11 minutes, 12 minutes into the show. And only thing we're fucking doing is talking, but in fairness, this is what I struggle with. I feel All like right. sometimes you look back at the Turner shows, the old TBS, the old six Oh five, the Crockett days. And you talk about how wonderful the promos are and that that's what the show really was, was promos. But then when they're doing promos on nitro, you're like, they're just fucking talking. What's the difference? Well, the, the difference is it was a different era. And the difference is I don't, I don't, I can't recall one WCW Saturday night show back in the old studio where we started out the program talking for 11 minutes. And then, well, you can't, you can't remember the time that you had Hulk Hogan there either. Yeah, I mean, you had okay. the goddamn monkey brothers. Yeah, we had, that's we sure did, and now we got this piece of shit. I mean, this uh, fine wrestler, uh, the Disco Inferno, without the Duck, I should say here, that we've seen them past. Well, the Duck is going to show up when Vince Russo is around. Mm, okay, 
Well, there you go. So anyway, here's the disco, disco inferno. Uh, have you talked to Glenn recently? How's he doing? Oh, he's good, man. Uh, you know, we wound up, uh, not running into each other in Las Vegas, but I'm sure there'll be other opportunities. Yeah. You know, uh, stripping away everything we like to say, you know, about his gimmick and what a pain in the ass he was, uh, Glenn's good guy, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think people know that like, yeah, he likes to get people started up on social media, which is fun to watch too. And I was on his podcast, uh, the one that he does with Conan, keeping it 100. Did you have and to smoke weed to come on the air? No, I did not. But, but I, I, I do t- need to tell you this. It, uh, Disco does a great job of playing the, the goofball on there. Because well, Conan just rips on his ass like you rip on mine. Yeah. So, so here I, this is keeping it 200 with Conrad. And I'm, I'm playing Disco and you're playing... Uh, Mr. Ashencroft or whatever his name is. Should we talk about the, um, uh, we'll get there. Okay. Here. So we got, uh, a book of tea. Yes, sir, baby. Looking as only he can look, man. By the way, we discovered something in the old Harlem heat theme music that we discuss. Yeah. On Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday, man. This is my favorite era. Booker T 1998 Booker T. Yeah. This is where Booker T was breaking away. If he hadn't broken away already from his brother, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's, he's going to do he's, the, uh, the best of seven with Chris Benoit this year. Uh, uh-huh. Some really good matches with Raven. I just really dig his, 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 his was work in 1998. And I like this new gear too. Yeah. Look at how he's, how aggressive he is being from the get go. I mean, he, Booker T gets it. And what I mean by he gets it, he knows he's the first match on the card. So he knows, and, and, you know, the disco knows as well. They, they need to really pick it up from the beginning. That's always been important. If you're the first match that they're going to see that night, you know, get the fans going. Does Booker T not look like the prototype of a wrestler here? Yeah. Tall, muscular. Yeah. I mean, he is just the, if you had to like draw a wrestler, it would be somebody who looked like Booker T. Yeah, there's no question. Billy Silverman is your referee. As we said, we're coming from Columbia, South Carolina. As you can tell, I, I think I could say we are, uh, they are hanging for the rafters here as well. Did you notice a cage in the upper corner there? Like a shark cage? See that? Yes. Uh, originally what you guys did is you had girls dancing in the cages and then you guys discontinued that. Mm. It wasn't, I, want- it, w- w- I know you're hoping that it's JJ Dillon inside of that cage or Jim <laughs> Cornette, but. It yeah. was, it was for the girls. Uh, well, there you go. So we couldn't have the girls dance, uh, because Turner was probably against it that time, but we could have a Viagra on the pole match two years later or a year later. Changes. Boy, you go, Oh, what? Hey, shouldn't he be disqualified? What the flying fuck are we doing? No. What are you talking about? It's not bill Watts era. Well, we can just, we can just uh, make up the rules as we go. Is that what you're saying? No, that was only a rule when he was there, but look, there's mats down there. So clearly it's not the same thing, but wait, well, explain that double ax handle that took forever. I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. No, it made, made plenty of sense to me, man. He, he stands, he gets the fans behind him. He raises the hands, he gets the fans going, and then he gets the double ax handle. By the way, have you ever tried to hit someone with a double ax handle in real life? I've only tried to hit one person in real life. And that was back when I was in the eighth grade. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I, I really, I just, 
Uh, it was Gook Gregory. Uh, Wait, what's, no- what's his name? Gook. I don't think you can say that. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. Name is his name was Randy Gregory, but his real name was Gook. I mean, his real name was Randy, but we called him Gook. Why? Why did you do that? I don't know. That's what he. Uh, Randy's no longer with us. He. Uh, he you, served. Wait, you killed him. You <laughs> hit him and killed him with a double axe handle in eighth grade. Uh, no, I took the NWA belt and hit him from behind with it. Oh, uh, wait, uh, a- as was, you said last week, you Pearl harbored him. I think uh, is the <laughs> phrase you used last week. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up again. So what, what happened was gook, uh, we were in the gym during, uh, between classes and it, well, here, <laughs> that was tell, his, t- tell me he's not Asian. He's not Asian. Thank God. But he, no, I understand. I understand that is a derogatory term. But that was his nickname. And we had crazy nicknames back then, but he was Gook. I mean, we had Ink and we had Gook. Okay. Those were some of our friends. So Gook was uh, running his mouth to me and pushed me and said, you want to make something out of it right now? And I said, no, I don't. And he had this long, these long bangs that were pushed back. And he took his glasses off and he swung at me. And his hair got down in his eyes. And he said, I'll never forget this, time out, the hair is in my eyes. And I said, fuck that. And with his hair down in his eyes, I punched him in the mouth. And that was it. Wait, the only wait you don't honor timeouts? <laughs> no. You would? I just wanted to make sure, because you were damn sure hollering timeout in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. <laughs> One! Two. <laughs> he kept saying, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. Hold it, hold it. Time out, time out, time out. I need a break. Don't move, don't move. Be still, be still. Be still, be still, be still. I don't know what you're even doing. That's just what I heard from the other room. I don't know what I'm doing now. Hey, I'm calling the match. Damn it. Come on. Let's, uh, let's, let's. Let's not go down that road, please. The, the fans are into this match here. They're ready for Booker T. Yes, they are. He's, he's the man. And Disco's giving him a hell of a match here. Taking some good bumps for him. Doing some very, very good things. So, uh, again, here we are. We're in the midst of our run in thunder. And we are going to, a little bit later on, thanks for being with us. We're going to get into a very serious moment. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the feedback I got from that serious moment. Uh and there's a pancake. I love this move. That what we call the break dance up Harlem sidekick. Fucking fans loved it, buddy. So what's uh, Booker T is obviously retired from the ring right now. What's he doing? I mean, he was, Oh, look at that missile drop kick. He's got Nicely a school done. out in Houston called reality of wrestling. He it's a little promotion that, uh, does a school and a show and, um, he's, trying to coach some guys up and get them to the WWE. And of course he still does shots for them, you know, spots on commentary and brand ambassador stuff. And good. He made a bunch of money in WWE. So he's, he's doing good. I guess that all happened when you weren't watching wrestling, by the way, he would go on to be King Booker and have world title runs. And he did a little bit of everything in the WWE while you weren't paying attention. Uh, here's the, uh, pick up. Look at this. Wow. Sidewalk slam. This replay brought to you by Kestrel GTX. Whoa. And as you can tell, many of the wrestlers use that for their hair gel. Kestrel GTX. 
Keep your engine running clean. What was the tagline back then? Oh, I don't know, but there's a drop kick. That's probably uh, something Klondike Bill would use. And has used many times. Uh, my God. Booker T, man. He doesn't age, you know? You look at Booker T, and I, we talk about guys like that all the time, like J.J. Dillon and Arn Anderson. They've all been 40 forever. I feel like Booker T's been 30 forever. Yeah. I agree. All right. So now we are going to go back and take a look at last Monday. Uh, and I, I think if I'm right, if I, if I read this right, and if I, if I scan through the show quickly enough, Oh, this is going to, uh, kind of be, uh, be, uh, the beginning of, uh, of an angle with the macho man and, uh, Hogan and Bret Hart. If I'm recall. So don't care. All right. Uh, I like the look of this though. I like the, Hey, you know what? We had the we had, we had the color scheme before the WWE had it down, didn't we? Yeah, this was SmackDown before SmackDown was a thing, right? And we are blue. Everything is blue here. Oh, look who it is! Oh, come on, baby. That's Barbarian, and and he's bringing Jimmy Hart with him, fresh from the world famous bar and tiki deck mm-hmm. there in Daytona Beach, Florida, right on the water, right. inside the Mayan Inn. Right. They got the NFL Sunday ticket. So if your local team is blacked out, head on over to the world famous Tiki deck. Uh, we haven't brought this up here on our show before, but I did get in touch with Jimmy about bringing our show live to the Tiki deck. And he said, Hey baby, I'd love to do it, darling. Uh, but, uh, why don't we do it back when there's bike week or race week or something? So we'll make sure we have a great crowd. And you said you didn't think that was a good idea. You'd like to just get our, our people in there, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, okay. let's fill it with what happened when listeners. Right. Not bikers who want to, I don't know, fuck it's up the ass or something. Whoa, whoa. What's, are you okay? Yeah, I'm going okay. I mean, I'm just, what do you mean? Am I okay? I just don't know what you, to say to that. Wouldn't you be afraid someone try to. No, I've never fuck. been worried about someone fucking me up the ass. What, 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 what happens in, in your area? That's not a concern in Alabama. It's a, it's a concern around the world. Wait a minute. You, do you leave your house worried about getting butt fucked every day? God, I've got to hug you. Can I hug you? I promise it won't lead to any butt fuckery. I'm just concerned about my friend that whenever he leaves the house, he's like, this could be the day. That could happen. Yeah. 60 years later, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so, <laughs> what? No. I mean, it could just happen. No, it uh, can't. That's not a oh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Look at this. Let me, let me tell you this. I don't know what Charles Robinson's thinking right now, but he's probably thinking if I don't call this match down the line, the barbarian may get a piece of me. Well, so there, so that's a concern everybody has. Man, the barbarian being freaking lethal here. How about this? Man, he's going right at it. Wow. I just, uh, it, it goes back to the fact that I guess it's because he didn't talk. And, and we tried to make, look, look at this. We tried to make him a main eventer. Uh, and I guess we, it was kind of like Ming, right? We just, I don't know. I don't know if we, I don't know if we messed up with him or not. But I guess maybe his best, best run was when he was with the powers of pain. Yeah. At this point, I think his best years are behind him. Right. 
man, I'm not going to tell him that. Cause you know, no, you just did. I wasn't even thinking about it, but now I'm worried he might run around trying to butt fuck folks. <laughs> you never know. You never know because as it's well known. Okay. You get him and Ming and a couple of shots of Jaeger. You just don't know what's going to happen the rest of the night. I just can't imagine those guys drink Jaeger. Yeah. I, I don't think they, they worried about their drink of choice. They just wanted alcohol. Like uh, whenever I think of Jaeger and wrestling, I think of Michael Hayes. Thank you for that visual. Well, that's the deal. I'm just letting you know at the wedding, I think he polished off a whole bottle by himself. <laughs> Uh, how about the one, two, three after the big kick? How about the characters in our life? Huh? Uh, yeah. How about the fact that we, this podcast that we're doing right now exists for the sole purpose of paying for your daughter's wedding and you won't come to mine, but I came to your daughter's, but I can't count on you to come to mine, but you know who I can count on Michael Hayes, right? That's where we are. Well, okay. It, it comes down to this. Okay. Regardless of what, what Michael Hayes. Oh, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Oh, why that is it for me? It might be something with Van Hammer on top the wagon. Oh no, it's, it is diamond Dell. And now let's go to, uh, a promotion of WCW Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, WCW Saturday night means less than it's ever meant before. Once Nitro started, it meant shit. And now that we got Thunder, it means less than shit. That's right. We took 605 on Saturdays and flushed it down the toilet. Join us this Saturday at 605 only on the big sucky station, TBS. And now let's go back as we're just drawing the storyline out with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan. Nitro at this point. Is what 20% clips and I mean, thunder is 20% clips and nitro, right? It feels like that. Yeah. And uh, you know why that was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, we were burning through wrestlers for nitro on Saturday night. We just had to, uh, for the storyline and also not show everybody. I mean, you just, you couldn't do that. You just, you had too many matches to book. To book. Listen to the way you talk. To book. <laughs> too many matches to schedule. You had too many matches to book. Yeah, we did. We we had to. Thank you. We did. No, I'm not saying. I'm not making fun of the words you used. I'm making fun of the the way you said it. To book. Okay. Here we go. Huh? Buff Bagwell. This is this is going to be the moment now. Or during this match, uh, Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton with. Vincent, interesting thing is going to happen here. You know, we, we give, uh, Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, we give him plenty of, of, uh, of guff, but he is going to do something here that in hindsight, uh, knowing what we know now was really fucking stupid. Uh, and I'll, I'll point that out when it happens. I feel like we should mention this tag team combination here of buff Bagwell and Scott Norton as a pair. Now they're going to be wrestling here as a tag team, but when they were paired together, do you remember the name? Cause it was a good one. Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell. Yeah. They had a little team name. I do not remember it. What was it? Vicious and delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a great name. Don't you think? Yes. It's a great name. I thought you'd like that. 
Lex Luger and Rick Steiner together. Hmm. And, of course, the one and only Ted DiBiase with them as well. Got to see Ted a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, certainly his life's changed, as all of ours have. My life changed when I met you, Conrad. Yep. You decided you weren't going to weddings anymore. Would you, would you please, I, I apologize for not being able to go, but I had to go to LSU. No, that's fine. I mean, I had other shit to do when I went to your fucking daughter's wedding, but I made it a priority cause it was important to you, but I understand that this is a one way relationship now. I get it. <laughs> no, I no, it's not. I love you. When you need something from me, you got it. When I need something from you, you got baseball. Yeah. You got football. Yeah. I'm not even really upset. You know, it's my person who's upset. It doesn't sound that way. It doesn't sound like you're upset at all. She just doesn't understand, you know? Right. Is there anything I can do to make it up? Nope. You missed it. I didn't miss it. No. I'm part of your life. I'm part of your life. I am part of your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I guess you just want to be a smaller part. By the way, uh, I guess we should mention this was covered in the observer. Cause what you're going to see here is a, a pretty big moment. David Wright, for perhaps the first time in recent history of live television wrestling reality, took a front seat due to a serious neck injury suffered by Marcus Bagwell during the live WCW thunder broadcast on April 22nd from Columbia, South Carolina. Bugwell's Bagwell suffered four crushed vertebrae in his neck from a whiplash type of effect as his head slipped out of a Rick Steiner bulldog headlock off the top rope, but crashed on impact on Steiner's back and snapped backwards with a sickening jolt because he was unable to move his arms and legs temporarily, both the live card and planned television fair had to be halted for nearly 30 minutes before they could get the right type of stretcher for him and safely remove him from the ring and to a nearby hospital. After being transferred to a hospital in Atlanta the next day, he underwent lengthy neck and spinal fusion surgery on April 27th to fuse the C3 and C4 vertebrae together and also the C5 and C6 vertebrae together. He had some serious complications later that evening coming out of surgery with his esophagus, which led to his blood pressure dropping drastically and him being in danger of going into a life-threatening coma. At press time the next day, Bagwell was listed in stable condition And the doctor's prognosis was given that his age 28 and his level of physical conditioning, the odds were that he would make a nearly full recovery and would be able to return to the ring. Although the timetable is expected to be six months before he can return to training and one year before he can return to the ring. Bagwell was also told the injury was three centimeters away from being a duplicate of the injury suffered by actor Christopher Reeve, which would have rendered him paralyzed for life and that his strong musculature helped save him. It's pretty crazy when you think about yeah, it's scary. What we're going to see here. Yeah. I um I don't liken it because I never did take bumps, but I had a I had a very serious neck problem too. Uh and I can understand how scary that is. One of the one day you're you know, you're everything's normal, the next day doctors telling you well, you weren't far away from being in a wheelchair and I, and I was the same way. I absolutely was the same way. My neck was so bad. Um, so, but, uh, let's take 
uh, my story out of the equation. It, it, is, it is a very scary moment. And you're going to see that uh, there was a time uh, during the, the, when the injury happened, there was a time between when the injury happened and the realization that it's real that everybody is very, very confused. Uh, and you know what? If, uh, just uh, taking a look at, at it from an announcer point of view, it was a very, very challenging thing. Because now all of a sudden we realize we are out of entertaining mode and we're now reporting something that's real. We're kind of in reporter mode. So uh, it, it, was, it was a very, very challenging thing for all of us. I mean, it goes down to this. And again, this is why I, uh, we're doing this. Uh, it's, a, it's a memorable moment in WCW. And thank God he was able to bounce back. Which brings me to this point. You and... Uh, People want to know, uh, when Buff Bagwell was at StarCast, what happened? He did uh, Why It Ended with Matt Coon and Robbie E. Uh-huh. And a series of uh, meet and greet opportunities and uh-huh. had a table um, in the vendor area. Uh-huh. He could do you know, T-shirts and I think he was selling hats and if you're a Buff well, Bagwell fan, you, you had uh, an opportunity to, to meet him. Yeah. I just, for some reason, people who were there says, tell us the Buff Bagwell story. And I said, I, I don't know any story about Buff Bagwell because I missed him. I was gone because by the way, I had football, uh, and, uh, I was gone by that time. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think we're getting ready to go to the moment here. Uh, we're getting close to it. Uh, by the way, speaking of football, uh-huh. uh, I, I look, <laughs> Oh, Scott, there it was. Yep. Watch his legs cross. That's always something that you, um, you can tell yep. right there. He's talking to Lee. He said, Robbie, something's wrong. Robbie, something's wrong. Talking to Rick Steiner. Now here's, uh, Scott Steiner leaves. Here's the, the goofy moment. He, uh, Virgil's trying to pull him out. He doesn't I know. I, well, I know he doesn't know. And right now, no one knows. Well, I, I, I think that Brian Hillebrand here has an idea something's wrong. Yep. But now he's talking, as you can see, telling everybody, hey, there's something wrong. And now this, this show basically is going to shut down. They, they bring out a, a chair for him to come in or to be wheeled in. And obviously, we realize at this time, uh, and you can see that right now that uh, – Everybody knows this is real. We're still not sure. At this moment, we're still not sure. Uh, so we're going to show some more of the angle, and then we're going to go into the the big angle. So I got a uh, after this happened, I, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people who said uh, you did, really did a good job. The, the announce team did a good job of talking through this, letting us know how serious it was or how serious it appeared to be and how that we were away from the quote unquote work of wrestling into something real. This is Danny Young, our trainer uh, coming out. Uh, and I appreciate the feedback. Uh, now see, here's the chair they brought out and they brought out a, a EMT thinking that, well, we can just wheel him off, but that wasn't going to be the case because you have to mobilize the neck and you have to 
And, and when you do this, and, I, and I've even seen, I've even seen, I've, I've called a lot of football games, high school wise in my career. I've, I've even seen kids uh, have to be wheeled off. Uh, and this girl is saying, I don't think this is going to work. Uh, so, uh, so I know how, how serious this can be. So anyway, I appreciate all the feedback from everybody who saw this and thought we did a good job as an announced team. Uh, I remember getting a, I remember getting a note from, and there's David Crockett. Here you see David behind the scenes, uh, get a note from, uh, uh, Stu Sachs. Remember Stu? Yep. That name rings a bell. He was heavily involved in the magazines. Was he not? Yes, he was. He sent me an email and said, you did a great job. Uh, of calling this and you did a great job of making this, uh, see, uh, making this what it was, uh, and going into news mode. And I remember thinking, you know what? You motherfuckers have buried me all the time. Fuck you. So that's what I remember. So, and there's Craig leathers. I do want to, um, mention here that the observer, watch this boom. See how the head hit. As you talked about slipping out yep. and the head snap back and that was it. Okay. Tell, uh, by the way, watch Bagwell's legs. You can always tell when the wrestler is in bad shape, when, when their legs cross like that. Right. If you're, if you have full range of motion, it's probably not the right word. Then, right. then your legs won't cross like that. Whenever you see a wrestler's legs cross like that or any athlete, something's wrong. Right. Right now, what were you saying about the observer? Well, you know, Meltzer, he echoed the sentiments you said that you guys did a good job. Um, who's a girl on the right at this point, Tony Schiavone basically took over the broadcast. It was a very unique situation as you had paid wrestling shields, put in a strange position of a legitimate potential tragedy going on right before their eyes. While at the same time being in the position of arguably not wanting to waste valuable television time without hyping the major storyline in the company involving Hulk Hogan, what made the situation doubly unique is two of the three announcers in the booth at the time, both Shivani and Bobby Heenan have both undergone serious neck surgeries in recent years and the sympathetic projections they were giving off was probably the closest thing to 100% reality that you'll ever see on a wrestling broadcast. So later he would even say almost apologetically, Shivani said that they would show a tape of the finish of the WCW title change that took place two days earlier. And as the announcers voiced it over, it was their own tone. That was the reality of how the main angle is. The fictional story was really so meaningless when faced with a scary reality, the issue of how to handle a situation of reality in a fictional product is always an interesting issue. In the wake of the Bagwell injury, my own feeling is that from an announcing perspective, Shivani and Heenan, perhaps drawing on their own injuries could not have done a better job. Wow. Now you see Craig leathers, Bobby Heenan, there was Dave Penzer and you know, and, and the, the look on Heenan's face is a real look, man. And, 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 and Meltzer was right here because Heenan had neck injury. It had surgery. I had surgery, but we both had surgeries that. Kept us out of wheelchairs. Uh, and, uh, that was back in 1995 when I had mine. And, uh, so I know, I know exactly how scary that can be. I go back and I look at this Conrad and I think we did a lot of, of real, I don't want to shit on 
I'm going to. Uh, we did a lot of really shitty angles. I think the angle where, and I think we've seen it already in the archives, where uh, Buffwell, Buff Bagwell came back and he faked the injury, remember? Yeah, that was bullshit. Yeah, it was. It was really, I mean, it was really, really in poor taste. It was really in poor taste. And one of the reasons was when it happened back that time as an announcer, I, I wasn't sure what was going on again. So it's like, and there's, there's Elliot Murnick. Long time uh, promoter. He's uh, since passed on. Elliot, good guy. He and the the Murdoch family and the Crockett family. Uh, Elliot has been talking to the EMTs and he's talking to Danny Young. So they're trying to get Buff Bagwell out. Scary moment, man. And here they're going to show it again. Watch in slow motion. He slips out right there and then the head goes bam. Wow. You know what also. I think of when I see this, I think of how many, how dangerous this shit is and how we see kids these days. And I do, uh, you know, major league wrestling, MLW fusion, and I'm going to be doing NWA 70. And I see all these things going on, uh, on, uh, on professional wrestling that Vince McMahon does, uh, and that they do on MLW and they do on others and they do on the independent circuits. And these kids go through these tables and they use these chairs and it just shows you how just a regular hole that he did thousands of times can slip up unwillingly and break somebody's neck. And, and, and I am really, I, I'm really, really thankful, but I'm surprised that we haven't had more things like this. It really is, you know, I know it's a totally different thing and, and forgive me for the, the horrible comparison but you go back and you look at like NASCAR and I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but one of the things that would always make the highlights is these just horrific crashes where guys are just end over end. And then you see them just hop out and they're okay. And then you see like the Dale Earnhardt crash and you think, well, I mean, that's not a big deal. Right. And he dies. And you know, that crash relative to some of the other more spectacular looking crashes just doesn't seem like a big deal. And this move here, a top rope bulldog. And even when he hit his head, you know, you just think, well, how bad can it be? But then when he can't move, you're like, oh, wow. It really does bring the danger, uh, the potential danger of professional wrestling into focus. It does. And I, and I don't want to compare, I guess I'm going to, but this was a life threatening situation. Uh, and as, as we know, our good buddy, Joey Janela recently got hurt and he's out for a year. Uh, and Joey has done some crazy things in this sport, as you know. And I, I remember saying something to Joey and saying something to Darby Allen, saying something to saying something to Shane Strickland, you know, after, uh, Jimmy Havoc, uh, and after Sammy Callahan, after they go through all this crazy shit. And I remember saying, you know, guys, and I think back to this moment, every time I, Every time I talk to these guys about this, I, I tell them, I say, you know, guys, you're great athletes. You love the sport. You just need to watch yourself. You don't get hurt. And I, and I say, I, I feel like I sound like just this old guy say, hey, back in my day, right. we snatched a headlock. But they do such crazy things now. And uh, I, it's, it's just amazing what, they, what they're doing now. And I look at this, just a regular wrestling hold. This is how. 
you're living on the razor's edge when you do those crazy things in wrestling. Because when you say you're going to land on the table, you don't know if it's going to break the wrong way and a shard come up and jab your kidney, you know, your spleen, or, and you get a concussion. And it just, anyway. By the way, I, I know that, you know, uh, you, you know, Joey, but have yeah. you seen Joey's like original claim to fame, the crazy bump he took off the building? I did not know. Yeah. He, uh, I've heard, I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. It's something else, man. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to game changer wrestling. If you're listening to this and you're maybe a disenfranchised wrestling fan, you don't watch the current product and you just like the good old days. Joey Janela's promotion that he's uh, working with game changer wrestling. They have a cool look and feel, but they're also bringing back a lot of the guys that we talk about on shows like this and putting them against stars from the day. And so guys like psychosis or Hakushi or, you know, PCO, lots of fun names from the past. You should check it out. Yeah. I just recently did. And it's going to air, I guess in a uh, couple of weeks, if it hasn't aired already, uh, I, I did PCO against La Parca, which was, which was interesting. It really was to be able to do that. Okay. We're going to go back and we're showing this angle that is that, you know, we've kind of already shown, but you, I mean, again, it's li- like, uh, Meltzer said in his, uh, in his observer newsletter there, it's live TV. So you got to keep going and you got to do something and we're talking over it, which is the right thing to do because the situation that's happening is serious and real and live. And we can't just let the commentary take care of it because people want to know what's happening. They're taking their time getting Bagwell out of the ring, which is what you have to do when you have a neck injury like this. By the way, you guys promised an update on Bagwell throughout the show and then never gave one, but I'm sure it's because you didn't have one. Right. Right. And I, I can't remember if I was told to say that or if that was just me freestyling. Well, it's probably freestyling because it's what... You know, yeah. in a traditional wrestling sense, that is what you would do. But obviously here, you know, who knows when he's going to have information to share from the ER. I mean, you're behind a desk. You don't know what's going on in that ER. Well, I hope I, what I should have done and in hindsight being what it is at the end of the show, say, we promise you an update on Bagwell. We have none. We're sorry. Did I just let it go off the air and not say anything? Yes. Uh, there you go. That was wrong. Well, in fairness, I don't think there is like a handbook of what to do here. Right. Like this has never really happened before. There have been injuries in wrestling, but live TV with a guy just laying lifeless right in the middle of the ring. Usually they're able to get the guy out of the ring and go figure something out. But because of the delicate nature of the the neck injury, you don't really want to move him. Well, not to uh, drag us down anymore because, uh, we do like to entertain here, but this is very serious. Hey, I got to meet our buddy for the first time uh, who does SEC Network. Oh, yeah. Cole Kublik, my man. Yeah, Cole. Uh, Cole was at the uh, Georgia Vanderbilt game, and he, he was so bored they had him interview cheerleaders. Now, I, don't, and, I, don't, I don't think he did it because he was bored. Uh, okay. I, maybe not. I sent him a, sent him a text, uh, and he was standing there, and the cheerleaders had the pom-poms. And he was waving the pom poms of the cheerleaders. I went, you fucking slap dick. <laughs> there's these two, one Vanderbilt cheerleader, one Georgia cheerleader, as cute as they can be with pom poms. And there's this six foot eight bald guy from, from Auburn with the pom poms. I'm thinking, holy shit. 
we are really, the TV is really bored with this, with this, uh, game. Now in fairness. Yeah. Didn't you used to sit in the makeup chair at nitro? What's the difference? Well, the difference is that the cameras weren't rolling back then, buddy. Well, you see, see if, if you're white, never mind. <laughs> well, go ahead. No, we're go good. ahead. No. Yeah, uh, you don't, you've never censored yourself on the show. So don't start now. I'm not censoring myself for you. <laughs> oh, okay. You're looking out after my, my family. Nope. Right? Has nothing to do with you. Okay. All right. I'm not going to go any further with that. Listen, you know, I'll just flip flop and fly on your ass. No big deal. <laughs> yes, you do. You flip flop and fly on my ass. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, we are, we are still going to have, uh, we are still going to have wrestling in this show. We got, I uh, sting's going to come up in this show a little bit later on. By the way, uh, uh tweet Tony Schiavone. He's back on Twitter. Uh, and, and let him know how much you enjoyed us just sitting here silently while they work on buff Bagwell. We didn't sit here silently. We were talking about it. Good job picking this one. Asshole. <laughs> no, this is a, this is a big moment. And does everything have to be yaha he, ha hoo hoo? No, no, no. Next week. Let's just, could we do like the, the, like a funeral, like a celebrity funeral. If we could just give commentary on maybe the princess Diana car crash, maybe we could do that. Right. Yeah. Why don't we just do, uh, what happened just, when? <laughs> just watch Dale Earnhardt crash next week. That's what we'll do. Uh, can I tell you, he's like, I know like three race car driver names and that's one of them. Right. I think you're yeah. required to know his name. If you lived in Alabama. Yeah, and I would think you would also know uh, Bobby Allison and Richard Petty. No, don't know Allison. Heard the what? name, couldn't pick him out of a lineup. But I know what Earnhardt looks like. I know what Petty looks like. I know what okay. Junior looks like. I know what Jeff Gordon looks like. Okay, that's that's all I got. All right. Which well, one is he... friends with Jeff Jarrett? Who is? There's one of them that's friends with Jeff Jarrett. Ah, oh, bullshit. No, Jared? no, no, not one of those guys, but there's like okay. a, a NASCAR guy who's friends with Jeff Jarrett and Jeff says his name all the time. And I'm always like, I don't fucking know who that is. Yeah. Oh, look at that. How about coming in? Yes, sir. The uh, big, bad booty daddy. Look at this. Oh. It's 1989 all over again. Hulk Hogan, macho man. Yeah. And the fucking disciple. Uh, <laughs> only thing we need is tiny Lister to come running in. Right. You wait. I got big plans for, uh, 2019. <laughs> I bet you do. Seriously. I have a great idea. I, I'm sure you do. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I give you shit about being promoter of the year, but the ideas you come up with are just, no one thinks of this shit, but you, well, I got a good one. No one thinks of this shit, but you, so, <clears throat> uh, you need to uh, have your offspring take over your mortgage company for you when they get of age so you can do wrestling promoting full-time. Why would I do that? Well, for two reasons, because you're good at what you do and you'll be a good dad. Oh, that's, that's nice for you to say. Okay. At least I would hope. In other words, I, uh, of all my kids, I don't know one of my kids. If I, if I had a business, well, I guess I do have a business, but if I had a business as lucrative as yours, I don't know one of my kids, I would say, 
take over the business for me. Maybe my daughter, but not the guys. Um, by the way, that uh, just going back, that uh, what happened when a comic book cover was purchased by my son, Matt. He's the good one. Yeah, at, at StarCast. He's the good one. Yeah, and he, uh, oh, watch out, big sexy coming running in. And uh, I told, I said, would you, did you tell the guy who you were after you bought it? I said, just let him know, hey, I'm Tony Schiavone's son, and I'm getting this for him. And he said, no, nah, I didn't say anything. I said, God, you dumbass. Uh, well, who was that that came running in? Was that, was that, uh, who's that on the left? Is that Disco? Trying to pick him out. They're not showing him now, but somebody in NWO. My gosh. Trying to hit oh. him with the belt. And of course he ducks. It's just, and then Bischoff with those little lame kicks for Nash. Fans are kind of into it though. Aren't they? They're into anything with Hulk Hogan here. He was <laughs> such a overheel. Yeah. This is good shit, man. This is a good angle. How about that? I like this. You're exactly right. He was sober and. The macho man's going to get a win. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe fucking not. Bret Hart, what the fuck is he doing? He's got the belt. Conrad, he hit him in the head with the belt. Holy fuck shit. How about that? <laughs> Look at the talent in here. Macho man, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Diesel. Oh, and Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. Count one. Two, three. <laughs> I like how Nick Patrick counts there. Like, okay, just so I can get my ass out of the ring, I'll make a count here. One, two, three, ring the bell. Oh my God. Here comes Roddy Piper. Speaking of more talent in the ring, Piper, Hogan, Hart, Macho Man. Whoa, man. Good shit. Hell of an angle. Well, you know, it's weird because I think a lot of people wanted to see Brett and Hogan. I know Brett certainly wanted to see it. And Piper's out here wanting an explanation. Why would you put the belt on Hulk Hogan? And down he goes. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now we come back to the three amigos, Mike Tanay. Uh, you know, we had, uh, Lee Marshall would do the first hour with us. Then the Tanay would do the second hour with us. Uh, and we're talking about that. And we are talking about, uh, obviously buff Bagwell as well. Uh, I'm not so sure if buffs out of the ring by this time. I'm sure he is. Uh, but I guess we're going to go back maybe and show exactly what happened. So anyway, uh, enough for the downer stuff. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Have you got, uh, well, I'm married now. Yeah. Okay. And what does that, how has that changed your life? Conrad? I mean, I guess I found out who my real friends are. That's really it though. Well, for five, cry, cry out fucking loud. I mean, that's the only thing I know that's changed really. Right. I mean, that's it, I guess. Well, I, I do need to say this as a, as a shoot, uh, close to the shoot as I can. Oh my God. The diamond cutter. Uh, you, uh, you did marry a good woman. Yeah. You married a fine woman. I think so. 
Whoa, how about that? DDT. Was that on was that on a kitchen sink? Oh, I mean, shouldn't it be? Why not? Why not? Here is is that Horace Hogan? Yes, yes. sir. But he looks like a member of the ring crew. Right. The United States title there made by Joe Marshall. It's a three plater with a logo plate that replaced the Reggie parks version, which was a five plater with the logo plate. And the rumor and innuendo is that edge owns that belt. Now really, it wound up going to the WWF and eventually it went home to him, I believe, or at least that's the rumor and innuendo. Now they've, uh, they've gotten buff out of the ring. So we're going to get back to some action. But first, more fucking clips. This is a clip show. So we saw a, a lifeless Buff Bagwell for a half hour, and now most of the rest of the show clips from Nitro a few days prior and then Spring Stampede. But we are identifying that Horace was dressed up like a member of the ring crew the entire match. Right. And he is going to become a disciple of Raven, a member of Raven's flock out of this. So I had no problem with this. I, I, I liked Horace. I thought he was a good kid and he was willing to do whatever. It's not easy being identified as a member of Hulk Hogan's family, right? Well, it's probably easy, you know, come payday. Yeah. I recently did a, um, we, we got a, a deal with ancestry on Eric Bischoff's show. And so I was able to do like the DNA test and then like the family tree thing. And I did it specifically trying to see if yeah. I was somehow related to Hulk Hogan and could get on that WCW payroll. All right. Did it work out? No. Okay. Well, the, 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 I got some good news and bad news out of that story. A story, uh, good news. Number one, don't worry about it. You're now a member of the Ric Flair family. Oh yeah. So yeah. there you go. There's an upside. Uh, and number two, uh, fuck Dave green. Okay. Hey, let me ask, um, uh, he gets me, uh, he gets me a, a mustache sponsorship and he gets ancestry.com for Bischoff. Can I ask if you, yeah, if I, I do have some, we do have some listeners here. We don't just have bad money, slim and, uh, Jay-Z. Josh or, uh, Efren. I'm well, Hey, uh, by, we don't, by the way, how fun are, are your conversations with Efren? Oh my God. Efren's too much, man. <laughs> Efren is too much. Oh, by the way, just to let you know that if you're with us on Patreon every Monday, nine o'clock Eastern time, I get on there live and we chat for about an hour. So that's one of the perks of being with us on Patreon. And now of course, you know, Bruce and Bishop, they want to do it too, but I started it. I communicate with you guys because I love you. So anyway, and no, I don't not, I do not get ancestry.com. I don't get that shit. Okay. I don't get any of that stuff. Why are you upset? Why are you upset? I don't understand. Because I think we have a good show here. Yeah. Who said we didn't Dave green did. Apparently ain't selling our freaking. Oh, diamond cutter. Our listeners don't want more ads. Well, if you're on Patreon, you don't get any. Well, so why are you, so, so why are you fussing? Because we're talking about bottom line here. 
of SD Media. Bottom line. Okay. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold Tony Schiavone said so. No, it it's I, I like to see people be accountable for their work. Okay. And you're saying that Dave Green has not been accountable? Apparently not. I haven't seen a mustache. I haven't seen a mustache. You, supposed to see a mustache. Never seen a mustache. You have it on your face. I see your uh-huh. mustache. Talking about a gimmick mustache that I'm supposed to get you're, anyway. You've been wearing a gimmick mustache since 1983. Stop. It. Would you stop? It's true. No. <laughs> By the way, what do you think DDP's talking about here? Is he selling yoga yet? Is he talking about Jake the Snake about the grips of addiction? Is he motherfucking gluten? What's he doing right now? He's talking about Kimberly's landing strip. Okay. Okay. See, you know, I get accused of bringing this show. Mm-hmm. down the dirty route. Right. And I'm over here suggesting he's talking about gluten and you're suggesting he's talking about his wife's lady business. No, I said landing strip. Oh, she has a plane. Yeah. In their backyard. They had one. If she has a landing strip in her backyard, she's doing yeah. it wrong. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, some people have big backyards. Some people's backyards go like for acres. Like Chipper Jones. Wait, are you saying that Lois's backyard is big enough for a landing strip? Oh, it's not. Mm -mm. Okay. It's not. By the way, here comes Eric Bischoff's favorite wrestler, Raven. Uh, You say that as if you say and telling me, I mean, you may have mentioned it on an earlier uh, podcast. By the way, hi, Dave Green. This is what happened when, and I'm Tony Schiavone in case you didn't know. Uh, you're trying to tell me that on 83 weeks, Eric has said some very unkind things about Scotty here. No. Why, why do you say he's his favorite wrestler? Which part was confusing? Okay. No. Well, your sarcasm. <laughs> yes, it is. No, he, he does. He says he didn't get the character. He thought the grunge shit was out of date, blah, blah, blah. And what's amusing about that to me is it's like, well, weren't you in control of all that? Like, mm-hmm. If it sucked, you know, how about not do it? Just freestyling. I do need to say this. Uh, it may not have been as the, the Raven grunge stuff may not have been as good as master P, but it was good in its own right. I liked the Raven character. It worked for me. I don't think it worked. You know, Eric Bischoff couldn't identify with grunge. He had a goddamn plane, right? Exactly. It's not for him. Right. You would think for a guy who had a plane though, he would have been a bigger Ric Flair fan. All right. Did he have a landing strip in his backyard? He may have had one in Atlanta. Okay. All right. Did he have a, there was, is there three, <laughs> two, I got a line here and I'm not going to yep, use it. You just keep it to yourself. <laughs> we all have it and we're moving on. <laughs> okay. We motherfuck other people, not <laughs> not Bruce and Eric. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I do need to say this. I uh, Eric and I got to see each other at Starcast first time in a long time. We didn't really spend that much time together because, again, you're you're busy, right? Uh, and I, I wish I'd spent more time with him. I, I've had who's this good looking guy with a hair in the back? Look at that long hair, at that double breasted, goofy fucking jacket. God, look at you. It was my gimmick back then. Double breasted Jack. Who are we going to bring in here? Hopefully a stylist. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's bring in the EMTs that just sent Buff Bagwell to the Columbia, South Carolina Medical Center. Oh, it's the macho man, Randy Savage. Um, anyway, I, I do want to say that uh, I, have, I had a chance to spend some time with Bruce in MLW. Uh, I guess you heard Bruce is moving on now. Yeah, I know. Bruce talked to me on the phone. Uh, uh, that's a little disappointing. I think he's going to be missed. Well, of course he's going to be missed. I mean, he's one of the, I mean, if you go back through the years, he's one of the real good guys behind the scenes in wrestling. He really is. Wait, so, are you saying something nice right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You feeling okay? I'm feeling okay. Let, just let me say this. Okay. Bruce Pritchard is one of the real good guys behind the scenes, valuable guys behind the scenes in wrestling. But he's got, he's got, he's got one of the greatest podcasts ever, not only in wrestling, but in sports. Okay. But, but fuck him. I knew it was coming. Okay. Okay. I do want to talk here to the macho man, Randy Savage, Randy, uh, what do you have to say for us? I guess you're not in the mood here to do a Randy Savage. Uh -huh, yeah. I've been thinking about doing a podcast. Yeah. Everybody in wrestling's got a podcast, but me. And they tell me the guy to call is Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone. I'm here to tell you. And I'm taking your show. Sit the fuck down. No microphone for you. Nah, -uh. it's time to enter into the macho madness. And I hear that Hulk Hogan wants a podcast with Conrad Thompson too. Nope. You're not taking that from me. You took Elizabeth, but I'm taking the podcast with Conrad. We're not going to have sponsors like ancestry either. It's just meat products. Snap into it. That's right. They took that from me too, or else I'd still be wearing the red and yellow. But Hulk Hogan took that. I'm taking the podcast. And I'm not putting it on MLW. I'm not putting it on Westwood One. I'm putting it on Starcast. Because the ghost of the Macho Man is coming to Starcast. I hear rumors that Zeus is coming back. Well, if Zeus is back, so am I. I got to carry that fucker one more time from beyond the grave. I'm going to get him over. I did it once and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here because I, they tell me my brother's got a podcast. What the fuck is that? Uh-uh. Lanny, you had a cup of coffee in the big time, but now I'm here to drink your milkshake cup. Just like when you were a kid, you wanted to be a wrestler first. I wanted to be a baseball player, but I came over into wrestling. I took it over and I said, pay Lanny to sit at home. And that's what I'm doing in the podcast game. Don't worry, Lanny. The checks are going to keep coming. Oh yeah. The macho man is back and I'm going to be dropping on Monday night. The big elbow. That's when you'll be able to find out what happened when Tony Schiavone got ran out of town on a rail in Hulk Hogan. It's 1989 all over again. It's the 30 year anniversary of when the madness ran wild on you and the mega powers exploded. But the mega powers of podcasting, uh-huh. Conrad Thompson, Bruce Pritchard, and the macho man, Lanny sit at home. I'm going to keep sending those checks. And Tony Schiavone. 
Get the fuck back out of here. I'm about done talking. This is the longest promo ever. Imagine how long it would have been had Buff not broken his goddamn neck. They'd take commercial breaks and come back and I'd still be fucking talking about you, Hulk Hogan. You think Conrad's got heat in Stanford now? You wait till I talk about Stephanie, brother. (laughs) Triple H, you're 59 years old, working pay-per-view matches in Australia for a million dollars. And The Undertaker, how the fuck is he still around? He's supposed to have been dead since 90. If he can be dead since 90 and work in the main events, then so can the Macho Man. I'm back from beyond the grave. <laughs> and I'm coming for you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Jay Lethal, set the fuck down. That's the best Macho Man impersonation I've ever seen in my life. No, Jay's is way, way, way better. I, I, I wasn't even thinking I was doing that until you made me do it, but. The content of the message was decent, but the impression, eh. Dan Soder, by the way, does the best macho man. Are you in the loop on Dan Soder's macho man? No. Really? You've never heard it? I may have not knowing who I was hearing. Dave who? Dan Soder. S-O-D-E-R? Yeah. Here you go. Okay. I'll play you a little clip. Oh, yeah. ISIS uh, kind of threatened uh, New York, but that's like... What a hacky terrorist thing to do. That's, like if, that's, if, a, that's a woman be shopping of terrorist threats? Yeah, that's a fucking airplane peanuts <laughs> of terror. Sounds oh, like New the Macho York, Man look to me. out. We're coming for Hang you. On. We're coming for you, New York. Listen here, brother. Yeah. And we're, what are you going to do when ISIS rains down on Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, and the streets will flow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Talking about with blood of the infidel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, been to the top. Yeah, middle eye. Yeah, been back down. Uh-huh. <laughs> All uh, Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna be raining down on it with swords of justice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Letting the Jew pig run your country. Yeah. Ain't gonna happen no more. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> ISIS macho man. <laughs> that is. Dude. Wow. It's the best macho man ever. That's pretty damn good. It really is. He's the best. Wow. But it, it didn't have the content. What we just heard did. Yeah. So Macho Man's got a podcast, uh, yeah. starting in, uh, 2019. I've got an idea. What? Ha- <laughs> you know, that would be so fucking good if we started next year and yeah. Dan Soder was doing the podcast on Monday and he just did the whole show as if he was Macho Man from beyond the grave. Yeah. Here's my idea, Mike. Oh my God. Mike Enos is alive. Uh, by the way, we should totally get Dan Soder to prank call Lanny Poffo and tape it here on the show. You think, uh, yeah, Lanny would, he would be up for that, but I want to do, I want to call Lanny like at three 30 in the morning when we know he's asleep and wake him up out of a dead sleep with the macho man asking him to, you know, come help him do this or that. It's an emergency. Yeah, I, that, that, that bring the shovels, Lanny. Don't tell nobody. Uh-huh. But I need blankets. I need lime. I need shovels and duct tape. Don't ask questions, Lanny. I'm off route 90 mile marker 84. Get the fuck down here, Lanny. After all I've done for you. Get out of bed. <laughs> 
idea. Here's my idea. I don't even know if it's a good one anymore. <laughs> Here's my idea. My, if you ever do another StarCast, I don't know if you will. If you ever do another StarCast, hey, we have wrestling seances. Oh, dude, I swear to God, I've already got notes on that. <laughs> do you really? No, because I thought it would be hilarious if we could try to get like some stupid ass tarot card reader to try mm. <laughs> to try to communicate with wrestlers from beyond. And we just have like, you know, Dan Soder in the back doing impressions. Right. It'd be great. And yeah, I mean, let's, let's go. Even, I mean, let's go, you know, we'll bring back like blackjack Mulligan. Uh, we'll bring back Kurt Hennig. I mean, we'll bring back Rick rude. You know, we'll bring back all of them. I mean, count me in Tony Schiavone's career. Let's bring back. I, hey, you know what? If I can, if I can resurrect Tony Schiavone's career, I can bring back Rick Rude. You damn right, you can. I'm saying. <laughs> You're damn right. I mean, we don't agree on much, but we agreed on that one. They thought this was impossible. Well, looky, looky, motherfucker. Man, I feel bad for old Mike Enos here. Yeah. Yeah, Mike was a good guy. Uh, and he's probably saying, I'll just go ahead and quit right now so I don't have to take the uh, power bomb and the jackhammer and the spear and all that shit. That'd have been great. You know, I just said, I'm tapping, I'm tapping, but that's not the finish, but I'm fucking tapping. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. There he goes. Well, he's going to get that anyway, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that suplex is happening whether you want it to or not. Didn't, by the way, I, I was just recently at the university of Georgia's uh, homecoming game. I didn't see Goldberg. He normally shows up for it. Didn't uh, get to see him this time though. Uh, he was injuring somebody somewhere. Hey, do you know that Lanny Poffo doesn't use toilet paper? Uh, no, I, I, I spent some time with Lanny about a year ago. We, we had, we, we, we had lunch together and we spent the evening together. He didn't mention that you spent the evening together. Yeah, we did. Uh, we were at, uh, Warriors of wrestling in Staten Island together. Oh, so we cool. Kind of have the, yeah. Well, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't use toilet paper. Okay. Uh, does he use a bidet? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Was, He's just walking around with crush in his drawers. Yeah. It sounded the way you said that. No, no. He, he just, paper. okay. He's frugal McDougal. And he says okay. that toilet paper is a, a waste of money, waste of resources. Right. right. So, oh, by the way, you have something in common with Lanny. I don't even know that you know this. I don't use toilet paper either. No. What do you not? I uh, use cotton L wipes. Yeah, I did too. Uh, but okay. I, I, I have a bidet as well. So let right. me ask you this though. Uh, did you know that Lanny was sweet on big booty Judy? Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not really sweet on big booty Judy. I just oh, no. like, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean that you had made a pass right. at, at her at Starcast like he did, but, but he did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a sweetie. You know, what's funny is she literally had no idea who that was. <laughs> and when we explained, she was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause he had that macho man jacket, which was awesome. Um, but I think she was expecting a different reaction because when she told Cassio that Lanny hit on her, Cassio's response was, well, the man is a genius. And she was like, that's it. Like she didn't get that. 
That was a joke. <laughs> you know, uh, the next uh, next time we have a star cast, if you uh, anyway, look at I that just, Hulk Hogan in the crowd, man, that was awesome. Uh, hey, uh, my God, we got a Monday Nitro and a Tuesday Nitro. Monday Nitro is coming up from twelve thirty to one thirty a.m. I guess this is after the NBA playoffs, possibly. Uh, and then we got a Tuesday Nitro, six to eight on April twenty eighth. Fuck. Why don't we just throw in a fifth show per week and burn through our talent? No, 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 no. You didn't have a Monday version. You it was moved to Tuesday that week. You didn't have two shows. Again, the pitfalls of being run by a television fucking company. And there it was. Why right are you there. so oh, mad? Well, it just pisses me off. Why did you, did the checks not clear motherfucker? You should stop she, being so angry. Okay. I'm settled down. Anyway, next star, you know what I want to do? Not show up like you did for my wedding. Oh no, 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 stop. I just want to, I want to hang out with you. Okay. Man, I, want to be your, I wanted to oh, fucking kill myself. This star cast. Oh, and, and if you had a front man like me, you wouldn't have a front have man. Right by, I'd have been right by your side with a pen and paper. And, uh, and I would have had a, a, a little, uh, recorder to record your thoughts. And I would have, when you walk down through the, the, the uh, hallways, like you did and a hundred people stop you and they want to see me, Conrad, I'd say, he's uh, sorry. He's a little bit busy. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to be your right-hand man at the next Starcast. But you realize yeah. more people are going to want to talk to you than me. And that sort of defeats the purpose of having a front man. No, your front man, uh, clears people out of the way. Well, we should just have Matt Coon do that. Nobody wants to talk to his fucking ass. Yeah, that's probably really good. Hey, so check out these, uh, these trophies here, by the way, I want to give you an update. I've got, uh, judge Jeff Jones working on the King of the cable trophy for us right now. As we speak, I know we talked about that last week. I didn't want you to think I forgot he's working on it. King of the podcast trophy coming our way. Wow. It's going to look like the King of the cable, but it's going to say King of the podcast. Which I, what, I hear that you sometimes run around your house and go king of the castle, king of the castle. Do you have a, is there a camera and are, is, is there's, is there something going on at Twitch in my house? Cause you always seem to know what's going on here. What do you mean? Well, you know, you, you king say of things, the castle, king of the castle. There's gotta be a camera in this and Lois has to be on the take. Well, and, you'll find you know, out over at patreon.com forward slash whw monday king of the castle king of the castle okay it's amazing it's just like i don't know so we're gonna do uh i'm gonna be your front man we're gonna do wrestler seances man we got some great shit coming up now this king of the podcast trophy king of the podcast king of the podcast this king of the podcast trophy uh what uh what are we gonna do with it Stick it up your ass. <laughs> Besides that. Well, that I'm, I'm doing it as a preventative measure. Cause you're saying whenever you leave the house, you're worried somebody's going to put something up there. Well, if we put it up there before you leave the house, then the joke's on them. You know what I mean? And then they can pull it out and we can stop alongside the road and take pictures. And then do a Michael Hayes and piss on it. By the way, that was the weirdest part of my entire bachelor party with you in Vegas is that you kept asking if you could free bird everybody. And it wasn't until you peed on Matt Coon that everybody knew what you were even talking about. Well, here, here's, here's why, uh, here's why that happened. 
Okay. Uh, you were asleep on the couch. I did fall asleep. Yeah. You fell asleep on the couch and that's usually where Matt Coon stays. Uh, and so Matt Coon looking for a place to fall asleep, fell asleep across the toilet seat. By the way, I forgot to tell you this. We had a get together over here like two or three years ago. Yeah. And all my wrestling friends from around the country came and like just crashed at the Conradison. A handful elected to stay at a hotel down the street, but the majority of them just stayed here. Right. Well, Matt Coon was one of those guys. No, oh. everybody was going to like come in on one day, spend the afternoon, spend the evening, hang out the next morning, dip out. Mm-hmm. Matt Coon didn't leave for three fucking days. <laughs> I was trying to give all kinds of hints like, well, Hey man, uh, I gotta go pick up the kid now. So I'm going to go. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll see you in a little while. And then later, Hey man, I got to go have dinner with my mom. So, you know, family dinner, we got to go. All right, cool, man. I'll order a pizza. See you in a little while. That's that's real. Yeah. Well, the next time you just use this term, Matt comma, you need to fucking leave. No, here's the thing. Guess how many get togethers have been at the Conradison since. How many? Zero. But I'm having a good authority. You know, he is he is king of outstaying as welcome. I have a good authority that some bitch is still in Chicago. He's still at Starcast. <laughs> the Hyatt hasn't figured out how to ask him to leave yet either. Oh, with that in mind, I was talking about get togethers for all of our uh our friends on Patreon that are in the low key big hog level, and I think maybe would this also be in the uh glass bottom boat level? Uh, I can't remember, but you're, we're going to be all going to Huntsville and I guess we're going to do it in March, which I'm That's, fired up about. Cause I knew it yeah. took a little bit of finagling on your end to figure out when you could do it. Cause you know, you got baseball, but I'm looking forward to it, man, because, uh, well, I told you some ideas that I've got, there aren't any wrestler seances scheduled, but we could work on one. Yeah, we, we should. And so anyway, that's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, and did, did so I tell you that on- Dennis Condry like lives like. A mile from my parent, maybe less than that from my parents' house. I think you had mentioned that. Have you tried to uh, talk to him, run him down, see what he's doing, how he's doing? Well, what I want to do is the next time you come over, I say we hang with Dennis. I say, I say you're right, man. Let's do that. I think it would be cool in- instead of a midnight express, if we had like a barbecue express and ate some smoked wings and some ribs, that's, that's the, uh, we we're going to eat some smoked wings and talk about ribs. Yes, absolutely. There you go be great if 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 bobby was able to do it but i know he's probably not he's not here yeah but he's still alive i mean but he lives in like virginia west virginia or some shit well has that ever stopped anybody from coming to your house living in west virginia well the last person who did stayed three days too fucking long i don't think you're listening matt coon has ruined that for everybody see with dennis he lives like Two miles from my house, maybe three. All right. I got, I, I see where you're going with this. I understand now that, you know, oh, poor Matt Coon, poor lazy ass man. Watch out. Here comes stinger splash as we're in a, we, we haven't even talked about this match, but it's sting and Scott Steiner and the fans are kind of like going with it. Now, here we go. The scorpion death lock scorpion. And here yeah, comes and- the run in with Conan. And Sting's yeah. ready for him because he was facing the entrance. He's going to put Conan 
into the Scorpion, Scorpion Deathlock. In comes Vicious. Mm, that's right. He's here to avenge Delicious. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, his life is flashing for his eye before his eyes right now. It is a little weird that earlier all of these guys were involved in the Buff Bagwell angle, and now it's the main event angle that we're going off the air with. Right, and of course, Rick chases Scott away, and down they go. And now Sting is left by himself. Sting, yeah, well, fuck, Mike Jones. Here comes the giant. Here comes the giant. That's going to even up the sides. Ooh, the big headbutt. Another one. Just knock that motherfucker out of the way. Oh, my God. Charles, go down. How about that? Fans going wild in a night to where we thought we had a great show and it all kind of went south on us. We end up with this hero shot of Sting and the Giant together. And the fans love it. We were red hot at this time. Why not? They're going to be tag champs before you know it, by the way. These two are? Yep. How did I miss that? Well, we literally covered it here on the show. I don't know that you missed it. Okay. Oh, let's give Sting the microphone. Okay. Let let me just tell you, my dog has the worst farts ever. Yeah, I bet. I just needed to share. Cause I just looked around thinking someone has shit all over themselves. Okay. And then I turned and there's the dog asleep, apparently farting in her sleep. She's, she's pulling a Lois yeah. farting in her sleep is a Lois. And then just giving up on everything is a Tony is a Shivani. Yeah. She was Shivani. Yeah. God damn it. Dog. <laughs> Sting. Sting here is probably talking about wanting a podcast of his own. Yeah, and, and it's five grand more if he puts the paint on. Right. Uh, and the podcast will be called Asking for Forgiveness and How I Wrestled Jeff Hardy When He Couldn't Wrestle. Uh, so th- that will be the name of his podcast. How to Have Seth Rollins Break Your Neck in 21 Minutes or Less. Right. Starring st- It's Sting! Absolutely. Uh, why he went to TNA, I'll never know. Cash. Yeah, but Sting made bukus of money. What does that mean? Man, I'm so annoyed when people say, is that enough? It's like, uh, hey, man, why are you still working? Didn't you make a bunch of money back in 1987? Yeah. Well, I mean, are you out here working because you want more money? Well, what a fucking novel idea. Yes, sir. I would like more money. And Conrad Thompson, that in a nutshell, is Conrad Thompson. And that's you are who you are. Because you get it. And no- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guess what? They still send utility bills to this some bitch. Turns out they didn't quit sending them in 87. When I was making a million dollars, they still come in 2018. If they're charging me for power, I'm out here getting paid by the hour. Roll tide. <laughs> okay. Woo. So we have found out that Buff Bagwell survived his, uh, broken neck. We have found out that, again, Vincent doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in any situation. We've also found out that we are going to have a seance to bring back the Macho Man Randy Savage. And Sting wants a podcast as well. And that's Thunder 16 from the 14th of May. And our, uh, actually, Thunder 15 uh, from April 22nd, 1998. Easy for you to say. What's that? I said that was easy for you to say. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Turn your belt on. Okay. Well, Tony, I can't help but feel like it's about that time. 
Oh, so you want to get this over with, right? Oh, no, no. Let's keep talking. Hey, man. Last week, we talked about gun safety and we edited off the show. How do you yeah. feel about abortion this week? <laughs> no, I, I, no, let's listen. keep it going, man. Let's do what you want. I know you're really fired up about talking about abortion and women's right to choose. Go ahead. No, no, this is not Jim Cornette's podcast. Okay? It sounded like it last week before we clipped the fuck out of it. Okay. I'm not go- Okay. Forget that. I just want to talk about one person here at the end of the show. Okay. Jay-Z. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to bring this up again. His wife is one of the sweetest young ladies I've ever met. She is just so engaging to talk to and so nice, but why in the world did she marry that motherfucker? What, what, what happened? I don't know. What I just, I don't know. Well, that's as they say, and as they said, in uh, better call Saul, that's your cross to bear. And that's her cross to bear, I guess. So anyway, hi, uh, anything, anything else we got to say here? No, sir. I think we're good to go. Okay. So for Conrad Thompson, to, oh my God, we got a, a, a final run in here. Here's the macho man, Randy Savage, the ghost of the macho man, Randy Savage going up against, oh my God, it's the genius. And, and the genius has squatted in the ring. He is all the, he is in the Indian setting position. And what is he doing? What is he bending down? Oh my God. Savage is turning and running away from this. What is Lanny? Ah, we're out of time. We'll see you next week on what happened when on the MLW radio network, as well as on Patron. Good heavens. Promotional consideration paid for by the following patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. If you want more of comrade Thompson and Tony Schiavone. Complete with behind-the-scenes video and new content every week. And by LoisRules.com, still one of the hottest sites on ProWrestlingTees.com to get your t-shirts from What Happened When. BoxOfGimmicks.com, with the Skipper, Gilligan, Ginger, Marianne, coffee mugs, baby onesies, beach towels, koozies, and a whole lot more to shamelessly show your support of what happened when, some to wrestle with in 83 weeks. And by what happened when live. Good heavens, join Conrad and Tony as they bring their podcast live to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, Sunday, November 11th at 3 o'clock. Tickets available at TomZink.com, T-O-M-Z-E-N-K.com. And by What Happened When Live. Join Conrad and Tony. Good heavens, Lobby, listen to this. They bring their podcast live to Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville, Tennessee, on Sunday, December 16th at 3 o'clock. Tickets available at lowkeybighog.com. I don't think Lowkey Big Hog is a Yale man. Good heavens, Lobby. 
the Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 